Hey everybody, this is Saints and Sinners. I'm Diego. Mike's been kidnapped by the North American Man-Boy Love Association. So on this week, we got Brian Carroll, who's a former veteran, or is a veteran, and a former police officer. So, this is going to get good. I want to live in America! Get it together, old boy. You despise me, don't you? Hello, I gave you any thought I probably would. There's a new wind blowing in government, and I don't like it. All right, man. So, uh, tell them, uh, tell them a little bit about yourself. First off, Diego, thanks for having me today. Uh, no well, problem. My name is Brian Carroll. Um, I'm a native of Philadelphia. Moved to uh, New Jersey a few years back to go to Montclair State University. But um, I guess the bigger things is that I was a uh, I was a Marine from 18 to 22. Then I was a police officer from I want to say 26 up until um, right now a couple months ago or actually a couple weeks ago, 28 years old. You're a free man, dude. I'm a free man. I'm a free man. And uh, I mean, people are gonna want to know, like, and I want to. I just want to tell them. Like, okay, um, do you tell them about the, the reason why? Like, that's... Me leaving? Yeah. Sure. Okay. So, uh, when I took the job, I, in my heart of hearts, I know I wasn't 100% into it. I did it because I was 26 years old. My GI Bill was on the brink of running out, so I was like, holy shit, I need a job. So um, a lot of my friends who live in the area have become cops, and they're raving about it, saying how great it is. Um, so uh, not to be like a giant pussy, but I kind of it's one of those things where I compromised on my own beliefs, and I became a cop. Um, so when I became a cop, uh, I started noticing things right away <laughs> that I really didn't like about it, um, but I ignored it. Like what? Uh, like, well, like the one thing, when we were in the academy, we had this one instructor who was a former Marine. And he's one of these guys that he was a four-year guy, but uh, he's about 50 years old. And he's one of those guys that the older he gets, the more proud he was that oh, he was yeah. a Marine. Yeah. So, like, maybe at 23, he was probably, like, chucking two middle fingers up to uh, the Marine Corps saying, fuck this. But the older, more nostalgic, um, I don't even remember the guy's name, but uh, the more you know, nostalgic he probably got, the more he loved the Marine Corps. So he, like basically just jumped in a barrel of Marine Corps and just lathered himself up before he came to be an instructor, I'm sure. But um, he would always say things about the police and how he wanted it to be militaristic. And, oh, you know, boy. we should, like, be walking around with AR-15s and things like that. And mm. that, that to me, um, I, immediately I was like, no, what? Is that... Is yeah. the, I mean, he's an instructor. He's one of the top instructors, so this isn't obviously an alien opinion. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, uh, those older guys, they stick together. I'm sure they're all speaking the same language. So um, that was one of the things. Like, you know, everything about it was militaristic. Everything that we did, we stood in line. We stood at attention. For all you vets out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We had formations. We had inspections, things like that. Now, obviously, you know, you're going to be a cop, so you want to be sharp. But, like, what... Where did the military part come into it? Because when we got there, they all had like drill instructor, sergeant, uh, drill sergeant hats, screaming at us, stuff like that. Um, when you pulled in your first day, they got up to your car and just started talking shit, you know, saying this, saying that. It, it just didn't make any sense. It didn't mm -hmm. make any sense to me why you would have that type of element when you're going to be, you're not trying to be uh, 
an offensive force like you would be in the military where you're going to unless you fight are a battle. an offensive force exactly so like that somebody tweaked the model somewhere along the way because i've talked to a lot of guys in the past i've talked to my dad who was a philadelphia police officer for 22 years and he just looked at me like what the fuck <laughs> you know jesus Christ. so um that was you know those were some of the first signs that i was like this is not something i want to do but at the same time mm-hmm. uh I feel like I was under pressure to just, you know, you're 26 years old. You're like, you're supposed to have a job. You're supposed to, and who's making these, you're supposed to rules. I don't know, but, um, that's just what was supposed to happen from, I guess my family, you know, my background by 26, you should be working. You should have a job. You should be working to get a house, have a family, that type of thing. So that was my style of thinking at the time. And that's, that's basically why I took that job and why I just, I pushed through, even though I fucking hated it. And I told, my girlfriend at the time, yeah, I was telling her all these things, and she's like, "Quit, quit, quit!" Which, like, I just wish I could go back and just like punch that Brian in the nuts and just say, "Listen to her, you fucking idiot!" You know, dude. I, I yeah, she was right. You she was absolutely right. Yeah, but like, that's the problem with this like police state that we're coming in, dude. Like now they're rolling out in, like M raps and stuff like that, and uh, and like podunk towns, dude, that don't need it. Like, why are they? You know, but that's the problem, too, is, like, you're giving them these toys, they're going to want to play with it. Absolutely. And I, I think that one thing about um, when you have the MRAPs, you have things like this, I think that a lot of it is, and, uh, you know, feel how you want about drugs and things like that, but drugs are illegal, so it's a way for you to make money without coughing up the big daddy. You know, like Tony Soprano ain't getting his cut. You know, like the mafia, you give money to the boss. Whatever you make, you have to give a piece of that and a large piece to the boss. And a lot of these MRAPs are going into these places that sell drugs or whatever. So those are people making money that the government's not getting any of it. So like that's, yep. is it more about the, the, the violence or or the uh, danger that drugs or drug communities do? Or is it more about uh, it's people keeping a pot, keeping the pie to themselves? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like a tax collector. Right. Because if me and you started selling cigarettes like we're out in the street here a cop could come and arrest us you know because we're yeah. we're not giving uncle sam his due <laughs> you know what i mean that's ridiculous so there's all these parameters in the country that uh i feel like especially when you're well let's go let's actually stick to that topic with the cigarettes because there was that guy i don't remember his name uh eric gardner eric garner okay so he was outside of that store selling cigarettes and this happened while i was in the academy um so I got to hear all the, you know, the opinions of, oh of my leaders. But um, I watched that well, wait, video. Wait, what, what were some of those opinions? Well, it was that he, basically it was that he didn't give up. He didn't give in. He just was like, no, man, no, I'm not, I'm not getting arrested today. I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not doing this today. Uh, so, and that's where, like, you know, he, okay, if he did that, yes, he'd probably be alive today, but... Why should you have to do that? Why should you have to like just say, okay, men in costumes, I'll put my hands behind my back, have metal shackles, and get taken away from my community, and have to stay in jail for a couple of days? It's just not right. So I don't understand why they couldn't have just talked to him longer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like maybe, okay, maybe he got, a, maybe he would get arrested at the end of it, but it could have been like, why did it have to be like, no, you're arrested now. Do what I said. Like it. I so know. like yeah, I don't it know. I don't know. Sense. I don't know where that's coming from. <clears throat> it's it's bullshit, man. Like that whole situation just reeks of everything. Because one, they're not collecting taxes on the tobacco that he's selling. He's in a 
a public space, which is, you know, his right to stand there. And uh, that's just them being tax collectors. And then just I, I feel like they're using legislation and authority to take away from that guy. Like, what what's the big deal? Is it, You should, to me, you should be able to do that. You can. And I feel like, th- but the government doesn't collect on it. And probably cigarette companies lose money to it. So that's how you use legislation and authority to just bully a dude and get him killed. But the good thing is, is that there were cameras. Right? Absolutely, yep. But uh, but go back to what you were saying. I just wanted to hear those opinions <clears throat> from those guys. Um, so, yeah, so, like, you know, uh, and by the way, in the academy when I was in it, there was incidents happening all the time. There was, like, police shootings. Um, the Ferguson thing happened while I was in the academy, but let's just stick to this for right now. Um, yeah, the, the opinions were unsympathetic to uh, Eric Garner, and um, I don't know where Garner. I don't know what he was like. If he was a bad guy, but I, like people were like, "Oh, he's probably a, he probably had a record." Who gives a fuck if he had a record? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That, like, that, is that, that is that immediately you're a piece of shit because you have a record? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's so weird too because it's like you you don't deserve a second chance. Exactly. Yes. And, and like you know, you're just like this this black guy who maybe talks a little bit different. So you know, you're you're a piece of shit. You're a criminal, whatever. But um, I would hear people around me, you know. And they were like, uh, we would actually watch the news where people would come on, like activists and things like that, and, and speak Eric Garner's case. And people would be like, pff, pff. you know what I mean? Dude, that's so, that makes me angry that these are the same people that are now police officers. Yeah. And like, that's, that's where I really, really was like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore because that's what it was all about. It was all about just raking money off people. DUIs. Um, I don't believe you should get into a car smashed. That's that's just no. not good to do. I um, and I think there needs to be something to curtail that, obviously. Sure. Um, but if you get a DUI, you have to spend about $12,000 in fines and court fees and things like that. So, like, where... Isn't that going to incentivize people to pull people over more? And, yeah. And maybe if a guy had three beers, technically, I think that is over the legal limit. Yeah, but you tell me three beers you're driving, you're fine. You're not, yeah. you know, unless you're like complete lightweight or you didn't eat before or whatever, you're fine. So, yeah, three beers, you're you're as the same as a guy who just polished a like you know a bottle of whiskey, yeah. and killed like you know crashed into something. You know what I mean? No, it's not the same. It's not the same at all. And I think that what these a lot of these young cops are, th- maybe even old cops too, what they're thinking is just. DUI arrest, DUI arrest. There's no human element in it anymore. Like, you know, I'm not speaking for everybody. This isn't a blanket opinion. It's just a lot of people that I've seen and a lot of people that you know who dealt with cops. You had these guys who just, they're robots. They're, there's no more, there's no humanity in them when they're dealing with people. It's like, get out of the car. Like, you know, even if they're not saying it like that, it's like, get out of the car, you piece of shit. Like, you're nothing. I'm a cop. You're nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's now made us the enemy. It's, they, they trained you like you're going in the military, right, to fight a war. A mm-hmm. war against who? The citizens? Citizens of this yeah. country, yep. Like, if we were really concerned about DUI, and I didn't, come, I didn't think of this point, but when I heard it, I was like, that's beautiful. It's like, if cops truly cared about drunk driving, they would sit outside bars with a breathalyzer and start handing them out to people to make sure they were all right. Right, yep. Instead of trying to nail them, you know, a couple blocks down the road. Absolutely. Yep. It's, it's just tax collection, dude. Big time. That's exactly and, what it was. And we're the enemy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
And the only um, the only DUIs I gave out to people were when I showed up on scene and it was straight up an accident. Like the car flipped. There's nothing I could do for that guy, or even I want to do for that guy. To be honest with you, like he put, I th- and we've talked about this before. Your rights end where somebody else begins. Right. So you're on the road. If you flipped your car, that means you're wasted. And they always were. There was never a guy just like looking at a cell phone, maybe. Maybe he had a beer. It was just, you know, you're driving in circles around a highway. So uh, with that, I don't feel bad about it at all. I've never pulled somebody over, smelled some booze, unless they were... I, no, I've never had that experience. I, I've pulled people over that said they drank a few beers, but there wasn't any... I've been so drunk so many times. I've been, uh, what do you call it, um, DD for so many people. Yeah. Being sober, being around drunk people. That you know, there's no, that guy's fine. He can get home fine. Right. But it depends on who you are as a cop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if, if you're like, man, I only handed out like 20 tickets this month. Because a DUI is about, you can write like eight tickets. So, that, you know, if you get like four DUIs in a month, that's 32 tickets right there. Your job is done, basically. Oh, so there is quotas. There's no quota but there's a quota <laughs> if that makes sense yeah no so I, it, it's I like that. uh it's like if you're a salesman you have to sell this many computers obviously if you sell no computers you're gonna get fired in the police department in my opinion it works like if you don't write hardly any tickets you're gonna get a talking to you're gonna get yelled at you're gonna get written up but at the end of the day you're not getting anywhere in this department but if you're a guy who's just handing out tickets handing out tickets you're gonna go places you know that's ridiculous. And that's like, uh, you know, the, the bosses, because the supervisors, you have a group of police under them, and they answer to the next supervisor. So if you're, if that supervisor, um, it's a lieutenant, is ahead of the entire platoon, then you have a sergeant, and then there's just like, the, you know, the squad cops like me who are right. underneath that sergeant. That sergeant has about, let's say, eight to ten guys. Okay. If those guys aren't writing tickets, you were in the military, you know this, the lieutenant's not going to yell at us. He's right. going to yell at the supervisor and the, the sergeant, and the sergeant's going to have a talking to with us but um i got to a point where i was writing zero tickets <laughs> that's good man and, and nobody Thank nobody you. nobody said anything to me um but you could just tell it was like yeah. carol's a shitty cop or you know like that kind of thing that's that's lovely that that somehow that's considered shitty cop right yep you know what i mean that's that that's why the whole system's fucked up because they're incentive they're incentivizing these people to do this and then the good ones that's I, that's why, like, for me, it's like there's something so wrong with what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. It's offensive. Like, that's why I can sympathize with the Black Lives Matter sentiment, but not the movement. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, where it's okay to just, you know, you shouldn't be calling for killing an entire race and then say that you're against racism. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and you shouldn't be for wanting to kill cops. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think that that's really productive. Absolutely, yeah. You know, I do feel like it's going to keep happening. I'm scared, you know, because I don't, I don't want anybody being shot or hurt or killed. But I do, I, I get it. There is a police state that we've been seeing, dude, and it's in some po- there's pockets where it's worse, but there's a real overreach with power, and it's scary because these are the guys with the guns, and these are the guys that you're not allowed to talk back to, you know, and it has to, and it's, it feels so watch guardy, like that it worries me, you know what I mean? And, you know, 
it should worry everybody. And when they hear stuff like this, they should jump back and say, wow, we need to like really revisit some stuff. Um, but this gives me like no hope. Well, like, I think the thing that, about it is the one thing that could make it stop. And I believe that violence is on the part of uh, like protesters killing cops. Yeah. I think that that's, you've lost, um, you've lost the fight against your emotions and your grief and your, uh, your anger. You let it win. It, it, it consumed you and you just, you just killed somebody. Yeah. Um, so, and it's the failure to, uh, mobilize something that's like actually could stop what we were talking about right now. Like stop, like what police are doing, what the, um, cities are making the police do. If we just organize as people and did something, because I'm so fucking lazy, you know, like I spent the majority of my day doing hardly anything productive. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? I probably have like about a couple hours where I'm like, you know, at the gym or I'm reading, I'm writing, whatever, something like that. But how much time could I spend, easily spend, where I'm out there saying like, guys, let's get this giant group together, get on the same page. We're going to we're gonna disagree on certain things, obviously, but our goal is the same. And let's go to the mayor of the town or to the police chief of the town and say, look, dude, you work for us. Yeah. You work for us. You do. And like hash out some things that are very seriously wrong with the system and be like, look, man, like, you know, obviously it's not going to end there, but no. the chief's going to be like, what the fuck was that? Like, that was like a thousand people like that, or, you know? Yeah. Because imagine getting a thousand people in the center, like, uh, you know, in, in town. It's not going to happen. It's most likely not going to happen. Yeah, but that's also the, the part, too, where... One, there's narratives, and depending on which side, and especially now because of identity politics, you you know, there's, we've completely lost nuance in any argument, you know? So now it's like tribalistic, where it's like, no, 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 this is always this way, and it has to be this way, you know? So Like the anarchists can't get along with the libertarians, and it gets even crazier than that. Like, mm -hmm. you know, anarcho-capitalists versus anarcho-communists, you know? Yeah, I mean... And those are vastly different. Sure, know? yeah, uh, but like, but, but at the same time, it's like you know, we all want some taste of the same thing, but uh, yeah. it just can't. It think, can't happen. Well, that's. I think people are being, they're not being educated, or they're not being able to figure out these ideas. Like, I think that we should be able to say that the police are absolutely abusing power, that they're violating people's liberties, you know, and that they've overreached. I mean, like. They've completely overreached. They're, they're, or uh, let me put it this: they've abused, like, they've used that authority and abused average citizens and ruined several lives. Like, you want to talk about, like, what would a record do to you? What do those fines do to, to, to regular citizens? Like, it turns out that, like, I think Ferguson, they when they looked, when that when they were visiting that whole thing, that a lot of those cops were just given small fines. Right, but so everybody had a warrant, basically, kind of. Yeah, like, just they're not paying the tickets, right? Like if you're like they wanted your, uh, what was it? What are those called? The curtains. Yeah, if 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 your curtains were a funny way on your window, like they could give you a ticket, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like where yep. it's every little thing, and like if you're thinking about a poor community, but you're robbing them of all their money, and I forget the figure because this came out a while ago, but dude, it was offensive. Sure. I mean, I I could always link that to the episode. That's easy, but it's offensive, man. There's um a part of uh the town that I worked in um that was like a real poor area, real um close streets. So if you have a car, it's like ridiculous to find a parking spot, you know. Um, 
and like it, in terms of like uh, economic differences on the town that I'm talking about, like you know, one side of the city is this, and one other side of the city is that. Um, they have driveways. The other side, the side that I'm talking about, has nothing. They have apartments that are you know you're on the eighth floor of a tall building, um, and you're if you find a parking lot, a parking spot, you're lucky. If you don't, and the city has made these marks on like the corners of streets and things like that where you can't park here. And it makes no sense why you can't. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but when people park there, I've heard guys that I work with say, oh, my tickets are kind of low. I'm going to go to blank, blank section of the city and just write a bunch of parking tickets. And like you said about Ferguson, those are the people that, why would you, I mean, why would you write a ticket to anybody? But on, t- on top of it, you know, either they can't pay it or it's going to like be kind of detrimental to them. Even $30. Like, say it's a $30 parking ticket, a $50 parking ticket. That's big money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, and that hurts the poorest people. Like, how do you, how, but again, how are you protecting and serving these people when you're robbing them? Absolutely, yep. And then what sucks is, is that they, in their head, they haven't even, they can't, it's like, here's the thing though. I think you saw it. And you did the right thing. You got the fuck out of there. But at the same time, it's almost a religion now. So it's like, if I accept the fact that I am hurting the people that I swore to protect and I'm working as a tax collector for a huge authority, right, where I have a monopoly on force, it, if you accept that, it makes it harder to keep doing that job or to keep doing what you're doing and not try to reverse this. So for them, it's like a religion where, like, if they accept these these facts, I think that would drive them crazy. I think they have to drink the Kool-Aid to keep doing what they're doing. It, it, you know, I think it's um, where, like I said earlier about me being 26 and needing a job and all that, um, and like I said, I compromised on my principles. Um, I think that I am not alone in that, you know. Like, when guys are writing tickets, I think deep down they're like, man, this is fucked up. This is just kind of fucked up, you know. But... I'm going to look good if I do it, or, you know, this is what I need to do to get uh, farther in this um, department, whatever. Um, and th- the thing is, it's in front of their faces every day, because we have the courthouses attached to the police department, like most um, towns are, you know, that so the, the city center, so there's the mayor's there, the police department's there, the uh, court's there, everything's there. Right. So... You get to see where you're... It's almost like watching a dollar bill. Like, you give it to a cashier and wonder where it goes, you know, where it's going to end up. Yeah. Um, with When you write a ticket and you put it in somebody's car or on somebody's uh, window shield or you hand it to them after a traffic stop, whatever, those people have up to a certain point to pay that money. Okay? So, if you don't, you have a warrant for your arrest or you can fight it or you can just pay it. So, I'm gonna right now, we're going to stick on the topic of you going to court to fight it. Um, if you, somebody goes to court for a ticket that you wrote, you have to show up to court to, uh, be like the witness that you gave it out. Tell the person, tell the, the judge what he did, he, he or she, you just see this courthouse packed with people and all of them have gotten a ticket of some degree. They go up to this thing and they have to say, the, the lady says, um, uh, traffic or criminal. So it's like they have criminal cha- uh, court, uh, cases, and then they have the um, the traffic ones. But you're seeing all these people just like, what is like you know like the people that you're here to protect are like herding like cows, just being like right for the slaughter. Like give us your money, we're gonna ring you out till all your pennies drop out. So as a cop, you're seeing what you're doing, 
um, in this negative light that we're you know putting out there. You, you see it every day. And when I would go to court, I would just be like, oh, I, I would just be like, what the fuck, dude? Like, where? What happened to me? Like, why am I doing this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and you see the prosecutor, he's just a douche, <laughs> you know, to the people, to us. He's like, what can I do, man? What can I, what can I do to help you out? Nothing dirty, nothing like you know no, breaking no. the law. But it's still like you know, um, yeah. So like you know, you got uh, the prosecutor doesn't give a shit about them. And listen, the prosecutor, his job sucks. <laughs> Just like a cop's job sucks. You have all this stuff that you got to do. And then you go to a judge who doesn't give a shit about you either, you know? So, yeah. I mean, it, so like, you know, you see that those type of things all the time. And eventually, it just got to where, like, the puke was, like, right at the back of my throat. And I had to get it out. So, that's, you know, those are the bigger reasons why I quit, man. And just seeing how the system works firsthand, it's disgusting. Yeah, that's, dude, that story right there is going to haunt me forever, you know? Yeah, and, and, and you know, if you don't pay that ticket... You know, I just gave you the um, scenario where you did pay it, and you're just like, run through that gamut of just disgustingness. Um, if you don't pay it, if you're just like, fuck this, dude, I didn't, I didn't blow through the stop sign. I might have like not stopped fully, but I didn't like, I wasn't a danger to anybody. Right. Um, now you have a warrant for your arrest. That's beautiful. So now that's fucking. So yeah. now that's God. where. So that's where. Ugh. The Don. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go back to that mafia analogy. Um, it's like basically extortion. Like, you know, if you don't yeah. give us what we want, we're going to send men, women with guns and bulletproof vests and this and that to come to your house and take you away. <laughs> I know. Because you didn't give us the money that you owe us, you know? Oh, my God, dude. Like, my stomach's turning just hearing this stuff. Dude. Yeah. It's you know? so hard to... to... I mean, I, I get it. That's why. Right. It's like, I you know, you have a monopoly on force, right? You have the jails and the guns. You know what I mean? And, and it's innocent people. It's, it's not some rapist. It's not some murderer. It's not some, you know, horrible crime. Yep. It is whatever it is that they can get on you, man. And they're just wringing the people dry for money. Absolutely. And it, the, it's, it's offensive. The one thing that, um, the one thing I will say, though, I, I really don't want to put this completely negative blanket on the police, especially okay. the ones that I knew, um, because I can't speak for everybody, but like you know, a lot of the guys, if there was an accident and somebody was stuck in a car, we would run as fast as we could to get that person out of there. You know what I mean? Right. Like uh, nobody would just sit there and be like, ha <laughs> Like nobody would do that. Like that's not. I don't want to say like all cops are just monsters, you know? Because I've seen guys risk their lives to uh, to help people out. There was one night when I wasn't working, but um, got a couple guys that I knew. This uh, car was flipping around this one area. Rolled over, burst into flames. Like, people were actually, like, cooking in there. Right. And the guys that I knew, even though there was fire everywhere, they reached in and just pulled them out. Like, that car could have blew up any minute, any yeah. second. I don't think that people are, are evil. I think that people are really good at listening to, um, like, the uh, higher-ups. We have a respect for authority ingrained almost in our nature. Mm -hmm. Um the psychologist Jonathan Haidt, one of the things he found out that conservatives have a have a lot of respect for authority, whereas liberals don't. Really? And you could see it act out in the way that their political platforms are going. You know, he actually tested this. It's, it's beautiful. It's called the Righteous Mind, and it addresses how between political parties there's actually a difference in their morality in the personality of the like their moral psychology is different it's physically different liberals care about harm and care and equality right not a equality of of everybody living 
sure. to the same standards. Whereas conservatives had that too, but they had respect for authority, in-group thinking, and, and, and other more, you know, characters like that. Um, where at, well, at the same time, conservatives also cared more about justice and things like that. So um, they, diff- they have different moral palettes. Uh, that being said, though, it's, uh, you ever hear about that trial they did where they, they hooked people up to these things and they told them that you were going to ask someone. It was a psychological study. I can't think of it right now. Um, but, the zapping one? Yeah, the zapping one. Okay, yep. Where they said if you answer this question wrong, zap them. And you hear that scream. And the, yeah. Yep. Yep. And the other person was screaming. I feel like that's what happens. Like, people just really, like, they just take to the directions. And, like, I'm sure none of them were, like, oh, I'm enjoying this. Right, yep. Very few people would enjoy that. But. It's like, I, they, they, they told me to do it, it, so I got to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. Like, was Germany as a country horrible? Or were they just blindly following? They just did. They were supposed to do something, and they did it. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, and you see a lot of people like that every single day. Um, like my dad is very conservative. He's like Barry Goldwater, um, Ronald Reagan. You know, I'm sure he, if you asked him, he'd probably say Ronald Reagan was like not conservative enough. <laughs> like he's that kind of guy. You know. I mean, like, but that's better than the conservative what you have going on right now. Right. Like, but like th- that's the thing. Like where he um, he believes in like those old school American tents. Right. Like, you obey the, like he'll be like, man, these taxes suck, but I'm going to pay them. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, and the, like, like, you know, he's, he's a big believer in consequence. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And that should depict how you act. Um, yeah. So, you know, he's like, he has that, that, you know, that old school American mentality of just like, you get a job, you do your work, you know, you pay your taxes, you support the troops, you support yeah. the police, like that kind of thing. So, so I, I totally agree there with the, the conservative mind. I'm not too familiar with the liberal mind, not as familiar with the conservative one because I grew up in a conservative Christian household. So I know firsthand what that's like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like dad was playing Hannity. He was playing, um, uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, Bill O'Reilly? Not Bill O'Reilly. I mean, like Fox News was playing in the house, but yeah. like he, more like these radio guys. Mark Levin, that's his Mark name. Mark Levin, yeah. And he's like an ultra, ultra, he's like a, like a Ted Cruz guy. And my dad was a Ted Cruz guy. Oh, boy. Yeah. So um, when my dad sees things like, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I think when he sees stuff like Ferguson and stuff like that, he's just like, they're just, they're breaking the law. Like, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like what you just told me about the ticket thing. I, I don't know what he would think about that. You know what I mean? And like yeah. a lot of conservatives too, they're just like, well, why don't you just pay the fine? Or why don't you just obey the law? You know, like the civil disobedience thing where like, say a guy in Ferguson's just like, fuck this, dude. I'm not walking six blocks to my house. I'm parking here. I don't care if there's a line here or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's their mentality where we can't understand that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. They want to follow it. But I would start and ask them a question of like, okay, but where do you draw the line? Yep, exactly. That's like, one thing that I told cops um, that I worked with who were arresting people for pot all the time, all the time. Um, I'm sorry. Actually, I didn't ask them, ask them this. I just like had it in my own head. I was like, I wonder what's going to happen if the second amendment gets, you know, taken away. We're like, you know, we're, yeah, it is like a, a um, maybe it happens next year or 20 years from now. Who knows? But like where it's just like, no more guns. Come on guys. You can have one pistol. And like a magazine with six bullets, or like a shotgun and like five rounds, something like something like pretty intense compared oh, to what we're headed right that now. way. Yeah, but let's say that happens. 
who's going to enforce those rules? Yeah, the would they be willing and to do like it? And like every cop that I know basically is a huge Second Amendment guy, you know? Sure. So my thing is like, isn't weed the same thing or like any kind of drug use for the most part? Right. Isn't it the same thing as having a gun? It's like, why, why should the government tell you you can't do that or you can't have that? Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see when it starts hitting closer to home. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's the thing. People, uh, they're all about freedom, too. Uh, you know, they love freedom. Uh, just their version of freedom. Yep. And then, but people don't start to see it until their rights are being taken away. Yeah, it's outlaw beer. See how cops react to outlaw beer. Yeah. <laughs> they're gonna, would, would you enforce that? Would they're going to go fucking drinking? crazy. Yeah, exactly. You know? And um, so like, yeah, like I, I don't think that a lot of these rules hit close enough to home for these for a lot of cops where where you're like me is like you know um i enjoy certain things <laughs> you know what i mean and uh i think that everybody else should be able to enjoy whatever they want to too you know yeah, so long as you don't hurt anyone else. as long as i'm not hurting anybody else exactly and and the and look there's already data out there it says this is this is what really sucks is and i i personally uh know one of the guys that that works with this organization it's called um i think it's called normal you know and it's for like fighting the uh the recreational you know it's fighting for you know to fighting for recreational use yeah it's fighting for that um actually i'm not gonna do it a disservice hold on give me one second i'm gonna find this out because it's gonna kill me and i don't want to do it a disservice um Hold on. Here it is. Ah, no. It's called the... One of them is a Coalition for Medical Marijuana. And they go outside in Trenton. And they will sit outside and shoot a podcast from Chris Christie's... Uh, in front of know. his... Uh, the governor's mansion yeah. or whatever building? No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Capitol Hall. Cap- yeah, right. Uh, they'll sit there and they will shoot a podcast they'll have doctors on here i like the this guy ken wolowski right rnmpa right he works with this and he'll go there and he'll talk on the podcast and you hear him talking man and it's just like holy shit dude there's people involved and they're saying look it has medicinal uses and even if it didn't right why would you infringe on someone's rights he's Uh not hurting anyone and the data also suggests that look it's killed no one it's killed no one, and we we know that alcohol kills more people. Like the um, when you were saying about the scientists being on there, the doctors, whatever, being uh-huh. on that podcast. Um, there's nothing wrong if a person said it like this. There's nothing wrong with it. I just like it. Ah, man, this is bad. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But the fact that they have like doctors on that should give it more of a degree of respect. I think absolutely. It's like a professional medical scientific opinion. Um, why, why have I never heard of that? I've never heard of these people before, and I've never heard of this podcast. I've never heard of any of that. How is that not getting the news or getting any kind of coverage or anything? You well, know? they wouldn't enjoy that too much. Um, but I, I did have one of, the, one of the guys that was on the board of directors for, uh, I think, I don't want to get this wrong, uh, one of the chapters for Normal, which is like a weed you know, sure. organization. I don't know how to articulate that i don't know how to like properly label that so i'm just not going to get in the business of doing that but he came on the podcast too and he was talking about it you know and then i think on 420 what they do is they show up and they all just smoke right outside they all get arrested eventually 
They didn't arrest them. Okay, because I saw like the Adam Kokesh smoke down four twenties mm-hmm. in like Philadelphia. I know Philadelphia. He got ar- and Washington D.C. got arrested both times for that. Well, that guy's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know the civil disobedience stuff. It's just I always think about Adam Kokesh in the terms of him getting arrested, like him smoking pot in public and getting locked up, doing the civil di- disobedience and getting locked up. Is the system is so there? Because if you want to get a job, any kind of job, say Adam Kokesh is like, you know what, man, this activism thing is just not paying the bills anymore. I got to go get, I'm going to go be a manager at Home Depot. He's got like five, six, seven arrests. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's, he's, he's got nowhere to go. So it's like, like, I don't know, man. It feels like in this day and age, it's like either quietly obey or stir things up, but you're going to have a record. And, you're uh, absolutely and eventually, if you want to have three kids in a house, whatever, you can't afford it because you can't find a job that's like going to give you enough money to do that because you're a, a criminal or like an ex-criminal. Yeah, that's funny that we just call that criminal. Yeah, you know you what know? I mean. Like Adam Kokesh is a criminal, <laughs> like technically a criminal, like you know by definition. Yeah, probably he's never hurt anybody. Right. You know. So, so I think that we have this giant thing in our face, the system, whatever you want to call it, um, and it, it just it doesn't encourage any kind of. No. civil disobedience or any kind of like just push like if it, the system gets pushed it pushes back hard you know what i'm saying really hard and it really impacts us big time so i mean but here's the thing though the same people that hate these taxes are acting as tax collectors you know they're right, financially yeah. ruining somebody they're giving them a record that makes it impossible well you should pick yourself up by your bootstraps well i would if i could but i have a record yep so yep. thank you you know, small government, really? Because you have an abusive government. You know what I mean? That's uh, another thing that jumped out at me when I was um, when I was on the job that I was like, to, like, you know, made my stomach turn was um, when we first got on the job and we first got out of the academy, we would get partnered with a veteran who would, uh, you know, be like our, he had like a checklist of things, like seeing how you took jobs, how you handled them, how you were learning the city, how you were getting better, whatever. Sure. Or if you weren't getting better, you'd mark right. that down too. But, um... I was, I was in the report writing room, and that doesn't mean I made an arrest. Like it's just like you know, reports are just for all kinds of things that have nothing to do with arresting anybody. Um, so I'm in there, and uh, a person that I graduated the academy with, with that person's um, supervisor, they come in and they have uh, some weed on them. So they just arrested somebody, and they're both talk and like you know, so basically they rolled up on two uh, high school kids, and. They were about to, it was like a boyfriend, girlfriend, and they were about to smoke. Right. So, you know, I guess they smelled it. Whatever happened, I don't know the details of it, but they ended up getting arrested. Um, when they were in the report writing room, this senior guy in the uh, the trainee, um, he's going, the senior guy's going, man, like, usually I wouldn't do this, but, like, she's got to learn. Oh, my God. So, like, that guy got arrested because somebody needed to learn. Like he didn't, he didn't get arrested because he was hurting somebody or anything like that. He got, it was just a shit luck. <laughs> you know what I mean? God damn, dude. So, Gotta learn what? <laughs> that employment's now harder. You know? Remember I told you about statistics? Yeah. Those, those uh, trainers, the um, the veteran guys, it's gonna look bad on them if they're not out there like making arrests with the new person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's yeah. like a symbol that they're like good kids and like they they're out there looking for things. Dude, that's that that drives me insane. Like, like I don't think that if you're a kid, you should probably smoke. Your brain's still developing. I wouldn't encourage it. I mean, but if it, 
Is it the worst thing in the world? No. Well, he's got a record now. <laughs> that kid's got a record. Yeah, that kid's that kid's absolutely fucked. Man. And I think the girl's fine. Um, it's like one of those things. If you have stuff in your car, if somebody cops to it, everybody else is fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, if there's like a if you search a car with five people in it, and there's a big chunk of weed in the dashboard or whatever um, glove box, uh, if somebody's like, "Hey, man, it's mine," it's like everybody else get out of here. You're come with us. Yeah. Um, but I want to get back to something about that. Uh, it looking good that the trainee and the trainer are out making arrests. Like those stats are getting made. The one thing that doesn't really get any <coughs> get any acknowledgement in uh, the police department, uh, law enforcement, to me, is what it doesn't make it a statistic. When I say that, I mean like you deterring a crime from happening. Right. There's no stat for that. You know what I mean? Like. God only knows how many crimes you deterred because you were just driving down, slow down a neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's what, that's what I would do when I was on the job is we would have these lights. Like, you know, they have like the red, red and blue on your top. Mm-hmm. On the sides there, there's white lights that go out. Right. So if you're looking for somebody like running away, you can hit those lights and look down like alleyways or whatever. Yeah. I would drive, because I was a midnight cop from uh, 12 to 7. 12 to 8, I'm sorry. So I would drive down these streets with both of those lights on so right. people know a cop's there. You know what I mean? Like right. somebody's going to break into a house, somebody's going to break into a car. Let's get out of here, man. There's a cop there. Like, and he's driving slow. He's creeping. You know what I'm saying? Right. So to me, that's being a good cop where right. you're just deterring right. things from happening. But like I said, there's no statistic for that. So there's no attaboy for that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like there's no there's no room for uh, promotion. Be like, man, he... He deterred so many crimes from happening because it doesn't. There's no stat for that at all. No, there's not. You know, I'm I'm sure they could find a way to measure for that. Like maybe, you know, I don't know. I I, I wouldn't know how to do it. Or well, I mean, like I, I had a supervisor that would come out and be like, "Let's make some arrests tonight. Let's make some arrests." Tonight. Oh my god! And dude. I'm like, you can't just make arrests happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, just let's, <laughs> let's let's make new criminals. Let's make people that are going to be impoverished. Let's make people suffer. Yeah, like it wasn't it let's wasn't make like life harder. It wasn't like go out there and uh, you know, stop bad things from happening. It was like make arrests. And I think that arresting people doesn't necessarily make you a good cop. You know what I mean? Cuz um I think if you look at the if you look at the lists of uh arrests that I've made and I'm not saying, like, I'm awesome, I'm the best. But, like, my arrests that I made were, like, black and white. Like, right. That dude just beat the shit out of his girlfriend. He beat the shit out of his wife. He slapped his kids. He, you know, crashed his car and hurt somebody while he was drinking. Some Stuff like that. I go to bed and I sleep fine about it. Right. Um, if I made a ton of arrests for just, like, you know, drugs or give tickets for jaywalking or, like, something like that, I would just be, like what the fuck did I just do, man? Like, what what the hell did I do? I signed up for a job that was supposed to be, you know, protect and serve, and instead I'm just raping people for dollars for that I'm not even going to see. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, That's dude. the funniest thing. Is like, they're not, it's not even like I'm going to see some of that money. Not that I would want to, but it's just saying, like, you know, uh, I'm robbing somebody for somebody else, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm seeing no profits from it. I'm, I'm getting, like, I like har- making hardly any money. So that, yeah, that's something dude, that's just yeah. so ridiculous to me. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, that's the problem with statism, man. It's just, I, I, I don't know, man. It's just so, people have it in different areas, you know what I mean? Now, see, like, when you say there's a problem with statism, I think on some degree I am 
for a state of some kind. Um, and I'll put that... I'll, I'll actually attach what I'm about to say to the police. So people are going to do bad things. Okay. Harmful, violent things. No matter if there's laws, if there's not. There's no such thing as a utopia in my mind for the most part. No. Um, so, and there's always going to be people who are... Uh, weak and they can't defend themselves or whatever. So there needs to be something. Something needs to be there. I don't know if it... Obviously, I don't like what we have. Right. But it's very hard for me to... And I've talked to a lot of guys, like Adam Kokesh. I've talked to Derek Bros. I've talked to all these guys about like what would be the alternative. And they kind of say these like whimsical things that I don't see as a reality. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Derek Bros was... I'm sorry. Uh, Adam Kokesh was saying that like people are inherently good. And without the state, without government, without this and that, people are going to be more willing to cooperate with each other. And that's going to bring down any kind of crime, like violent, bad crime, like people stealing stuff, whatever. Um, I just don't see it happening. I don't see that as a reality Yeah, I don't whatsoever. think utopias exist. I think maybe there's an argument for privatizing it, but I don't know that But you still need some form of, you know, there needs to be order. You know, and there needs to be a way to establish that. I'm not going to say that this is right or wrong, but you need to have, like, you know, we should know. I don't think that it's, uh, I don't think that if it went away that all of a sudden people would just be better. But I, do, I would make the argument that I do think that the government makes people or has influenced more violence. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and that they commit violence on others who are doing nothing wrong. So, like, in a way, I understand that because if you think about it, the government's the one that's committed more human atrocities than anybody else. You know what I mean? Sure. It wasn't the Philly neighborhood that locked up those Japanese during World War II. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Sure. So. I mean, like, I, like, I guess, like, kind of what I'm trying to say is you have, like, let's just say we built a community sure. that, like, America was like, hey, you got this plot of land, here's all these people yeah. that agree they want to be part of this free society type thing. Um, that would be, like, I mean, you can't measure that in an experiment because, like, it would just be, like, there's too much role-playing that would make it yeah. fake and bullshit. But if that really did exist, uh, in the back of my mind, I would always be, like, wondering, like, if somebody who's like six four, that's two hundred fifty pounds, is like, I could just beat the shit out of everybody here. Like, why don't I just, yeah, why you, don't you I? and you, you're gonna be my team, and we're gonna go around and we're gonna say, hey guys, I know you're make your, you have hatchlings over here and you have cows over here. Well, I want ten gallons of milk every week and I want thirty eggs. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And who's gonna stop that? Exactly. No, you know? I I do believe like you need to have some sort of of security and you that you do need to. Make sure that people's rights are protected. Right, and like you know what I mean. I I definitely don't. Yeah, utopias don't exist. That's where like I have sure. a hard time with like the co-caches a little bit. And like I said before, remember we we're talking about people that we genuinely have the same, basically have the same goal in mind. Yeah. But how to get there is kind of different. Um, and I had a I had a roommate uh, when I lived in a different place. I'm not gonna give his name out, but um, he was like an anarchist. Like yeah. You can't tell me anything. You like you can't tell me what to do. Like total individual type of guy. Yeah. And uh, we would always talk about this, like the reality of it. And he would always say that anarchism isn't a belief necessarily. It's not like a, a system. It's like a right. It's like a. It's just something you do, and yeah. hope other people do it too. 
and just you hope 5,000 years from now what you you just living your life a certain way impacted like maybe like that you know that drop in the pond with that you know ripple effect right into the future so it's not like let's get together and be anarchists it's not like you know it's just let's just stop listening to the government let's just turn it off Oh yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, like agorist, like you know, just, just like right now, like I'm not gonna pay my rent, you know, or I'm not gonna, uh, I'm just gonna like, you know, um, what's that called? You move into the woods and you just kind of, oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, well, go off. Let's the just grid. call it tuning out, you know, like you know, yeah. just go out there, just like get, like get off the grid, get off the grid, off the system. You're not plugged in anymore. You've taken all the wires out. That's like uh, Henry David Thoreau, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, civil disobedience. Um, I do think that mass civil disobedience would work. If people just said, fuck it, we're all smoking tomorrow. Yep, You're yep. going to arrest us all, and we're not going to stop. Go ahead. Like, at, at a certain point in time, they're going to have to go, oh, shit. Like, I'm sure once, pe- you know, missionary, uh, anything other than a missionary position wasn't allowed. There's, sure, like, yeah. legislation that says that you can't, you know. Well, you girls couldn't wear uh, short skirts or whatever, <laughs> you know. Yeah. There's modesty. There's, like, laws. Uh, we're in the summer right now in Jersey, so. At the uh, shore, it used to be where, like, you couldn't have a bathing... A girl had to have, like, a... Basically, like, a scuba thing. <laughs> you know, like a, yeah. like an outfit like that to go swimming. Or she would get a fine. Yeah, that's ridiculous. But Absolutely eventually ridiculous. people say, uh, you know what? Fuck that. I'm not I'm not doing it. Yep. And even if those laws are still in the books, they stop going to jail for those things. And you know what's also sad about it is, like, how many people were given those tickets, though, before it became I know. obsolete? Like, I you know, know, like, I'm sure thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars were brought in because they didn't want to see girls knees you know what i'm saying it's so ridiculous it's it's absolutely ridiculous so like with all this said um with uh, all the things that i've seen basically i've kind of um because uh, i've always had in the back of my mind to change the world change the country change this change that and basically what i'm doing right now is just doing my own thing you know yeah like i'm living life i mean not all the way the way i want to because there are rules in effect that would yeah. Um, I can't just do what I want, but, um, you know, I, I it's, uh, you're softly going sure. more agorist. And like when I talk to people, they can feel something from me. They get something from me. I'm not like, you know, converting anybody, right. but like a lot of people that I've talked to are like, you quit being a cop. What the fuck? You know? Yeah. And I tell them the same things that I told them right now. And they're just like, what the fuck? You also get. I think the same things, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's these like yeah. there's these like dormant seeds in people's brains that just aren't getting any water. I think <laughs> you They've know what I mean. Never heard that argument. Like nobody, nobody wants cops on the highways pulling people over. Nobody, nobody's like, thank God a cop's right there, hidden under the branches to get us when we go ten over. <laughs> like, nobody's happy no, about that, you know. No one. Those those tickets are massive. They hurt like hell, and often people aren't getting hurt. You know, and dude, like think about it. everything that I said for the most part. I don't think is ridiculous. I don't think anything's like no, like no, like I'm not saying like hey, cops should have water pistols, and when somebody's bad, you know, just spray them with some water and they'll stop. Like I didn't say anything like that. Anything kind of like goofy. Um, like what I've said is pretty much across the board. Common people are like, you know what, I I I, I think I agree with that, but they just don't do anything about it. You know what I mean? I think if most Republicans were drunk and listening, they'd probably agree with you. Yeah, you know, like I mean, if you really just took off your armor and just let it. Let it hit you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because it's a common sense argument. Sure. We, we absolutely know that we are, we are living in a police state. You know what I mean? Where, like, the only thing they haven't done so far is, like, they're just, they're not occupying my house. Right, You know yeah. what I mean? But they could if they wanted to. <laughs> yeah, but they could. They absolutely could. But yep. it's getting out there more and more and more, and that's why these sentiments, you know, when they're not, 
when you can't have an honest conversation, things get polarized. And when they're so polarized, then immediately these tribes don't even consider talking to each other. And then now that's why it's like, fuck the cops, everything like that. And, uh, you know, go kill the cops or something like that. And then it's cops can never do anything wrong. And they're, you know, omnipotent, you know, benevolent, you know, people out there. Just there's never been a bad cop. Or they'll say, well, I'm sure there's a there's a bad cop. And it's like, forget the good cop, bad cop thing. How about just like how about horrible legislation, horrible abuse of power? Can you not say that? So it's like there's there's just no one talking, dude. There's no one. Right. Yeah. No. That's why we've gotten to a point where like six cops will get killed in Dallas. I mean, like you have um, like a person like me. I hate being cornered. I hate being powerless. I hate being helpless. I hate those feelings. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying they turn me into a, a violent maniac or not like that, but it's just like nobody likes being like feel like a helpless animal, like a little thing. And when you get pulled over, even if the cop comes out, he's like, hey, man, how's it going? You know, like if that helps, obviously, but you're still like. Nervous. I got to keep my hands on the wheel, man. Like, not even, like, afraid of getting shot, necessarily, but on a smaller scale, just being, like, I can't go anywhere. I have to stay right here, and I have to give him his information and just hope and pray he doesn't give me a ticket that's hundreds of dollars. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, yeah, I do. Um, there's this book by uh, Harvey Silverglate. He's one of the co-founders of FIRE, and I love FIRE, so I, I always talk about them, but it's a foundation for individual rights and education, mm-hmm. right? And they're kind of like the way they look at it is like a bipartisan ACLU. Okay. You know? And uh, he's a criminal defense attorney. So he wrote a book, and it's... Is he pretty, loving or dead? Or? Yeah, he's alive. He's alive. Okay. He actually did a, like a half-hour interview with Reason TV that I'm going to link to this episode because the book's title says everything right there. It's called three felonies a day and it's all about how the average american commits three felonies really like just going to huh. from home you know to work and back and he never hurt anybody and he never had malicious intent you know no. but you're labeled a criminal but, <laughs> i mean but like you, your actions but, were you know yeah <laughs> but something you did they could have found at least three felonies to charge you with that day so it's not that people are criminals it's that there's a rule against anything so all they have to do is against being a human being, <laughs> you know, basically. pretty much yeah. anything that, you know, that you do, there's a rule preventing you from doing it. So they don't you don't actually have to commit, you know, any aggressive acts. You don't have to harm anyone. You're not violating the non-aggression principle. Right. And <clears throat> still. They can lock you up. Sure. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. So it's like it's it's rigged against you. It's violently rigged against people, and it hurts the same people that they swore to protect. Yeah, it's one thing that is kind of random, but it popped in my head is um the the guy who used to live with me, the anarchist guy. Yeah. Terrible with girls. Awful with girls. Yeah, they're like when he would girls. just he would just freak girls out. Um, he was very besides his anarchism. I'm not saying that made him odd, but he was just an odd guy. Yeah, there's plenty. Um, of, I I know a lot of ANCAPs. Yeah, uh, like, that are fantastic people and a pleasure to be around. This guy, if he was here talking right now, a we'd be laughing our asses off, and we he'd be spilling information at us. I wish he was here actually, but if you brought a girl in here, he would get like real tight. You know, he's not gay; he's straight. He just can't get girls. So he used to do the hooker thing or the or the strip club thing. Huh. Um, but. There's, I mean, this is kind of random, but there's so many people out there who can't have sex. Yeah. Like, people don't want to have sex with them or whatever. Yeah. So the government's like, sorry, dude, <laughs> you're not getting laid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why can't there be 
clean operations that run within the, like the legal oh, yeah. confines of the law where you can go and pay 50 bucks, I, 100 bucks, whatever to get a blowjob. I you agree. Know? <laughs> I think that I think that making cuz here's the thing, dude, it's the same argument. The we argument is a gun argument is a prostitution argument where there is a demand supply will meet it absolutely yeah but if you make regulations and you make it illegal then people start then the only ones that benefit are shady people Mm -hmm. and you know and then again some people that aren't shady are now criminals right yeah so if a woman chooses what to do with her body and you know i'm not for it but there's always going to be that there's always going to be somebody who wants to make money fucking or wants to fuck and give money towards it that doesn't (laughs) sound like a horrible life you know when you just say it like that you know i i wouldn't you know, listen, if I had a daughter, I wouldn't be like, hey, let's get you going. You know, I, I, that's not, that's never going to be my, I'm not going to do a pitch for it. No, you know? no, but, no, no, no. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with if you set up a system that was safe and you didn't make these people criminals and they, they didn't hurt anybody. They were consenting adults in their own life and they harmed no one. How are you going to make them criminals? Yeah. And knowing that this has an effect where it actually hurts instead of helps because again it's the same where there is a demand supply will meet it basic economics right sure. they will find a way to do it and then when they do it the good ones are going to get hurt and the bad ones are going to profit right yep. you know and they don't get that sure. you've just you know some dude smoking weed and you know now he's a criminal same thing with the gun argument that's just look at conservatives and be like Right, fiscal responsibility, we yeah. understand, right? So if they made guns illegal, what would you do? Same fucking thing, man. And and they always say, too, well, we can't because the criminal will always have a gun. What? Dude, <laughs> do you hear yourself? Right, the criminal yeah. <laughs> will always find a way to get the gun. Yeah, no shit, dude. Now you hear yourself, and it's like, be consistent. Sure, absolutely. You know, like, yeah, they don't yeah. get that. I just, I, I wish they would get that. Sure, man. But I don't think it's going in that direction because now there's, like, this alt-right movement. Well, I mean, I think, like, like one one thing that on that topic is that I think a lot of these, like, these um, party members, like the uh, like the Republican Party, you have these, um, I forget what my dad calls them, uh, establishment Republicans who were, like, Right. They're just soulless people. Like, I mean, I'm not. I'm not just picking on Republicans. I'm, I think anybody who's in the politics at that level is pretty soulless. You know, yeah. when you're an establishment party member, you know, for sure. Um, you don't have everybody's interest in mind. You have your interest in mind. Everybody should do what I do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think this one you have like say what you will about Bernie Sanders, but I think deep down the guy does care about people. You oh, know what I mean? Oh no, I, yeah, yeah I, I truly think he does. I think he pimped out his fans though. No, oh, definitely. But like, he definitely pimped out his fans. But like, with uh, what was I gonna say? Um, he let them down so hard. Uh, the establishment. Oh my god. But like the establishment people, um, dude, I don't want to be a Christian. I don't want to be. I yeah. don't want to march in the gay parade. Like I, I just want to do my own thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you just want and to like, be left your, alone. And like, but your your legislation doesn't help me out because, you know, let's just say you have a guy who doesn't want to drink. Yeah, he doesn't like drinking. He smoked a, like a, a joint before, and he's like, man, that that feels good. Like I can go to sleep on this. I can do this and that. I can eat. I can whatever. Sure. Um, but he can't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, he's not legally allowed. Because I know people who don't like drinking. I, I know people who were like, I prefer to get high. I like getting high, you know? Oh, dude. Um, Undoubtedly, dude. Like, and for me, like, I don't think that, like, I don't, there's nothing wrong with weed. Um, But I, dude, 
I love bourbon. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. So it's your it's prerogative. Like, it's it's so that's you. you know, <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's that's the same thing. It's like I feel like it loosens you up a little bit. Mm-hmm. It makes you laugh. You're happy as hell. Some other person drinks it, gets super violent <laughs> and angry. You know, even like something simpler than that, call him a pussy. Some people just don't like the taste, or just like yeah, yeah. that's yucky. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So like you know, some people just aren't gonna want to turn to that. Um, why? Why is somebody telling us that I, it makes no you can sense, have right? this, but you can't have it that? It makes you know what I mean? no sense. It dude. is ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's, it's beyond me how this is still going when everyone's kind of like, oh, like this is really the scenario. We're nope. kind of just locking people up. You know, we're like, how many times do you have to hear that before you go, wait, wait, wait? Why are we still doing it? Absolutely. You and you, like, you hear a lot of cops say, and in, in the military too, when like uh, you had like, hold on, let me pause that. All right, so sorry about that. Where were we, by the way? Well, I know we were definitely talking about the police state. I know we were talking about that. Um, Let me think. Just the overall, you know, or it doesn't matter. I mean, like, we definitely hammered that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, the overall point of what we were saying is, like, you know, there's there's times when just there's no need for a cop to be there whatsoever. (laughs) You know what I mean? Oh, we definitely agree. Yep. We definitely agree. And again... It's a common sense argument. If you looked at the data for a lot of these things, you could just say, hey, I think that the data suggests that such and such is true. Logic, you know, it makes sense. You know, so can can we just apply some reason to this situation? Yep. And I, I don't understand why they wouldn't want to do it, aside from the fact that when it's the problem with the government is that as soon as there's a law for it, there's people that have fiscal incentives to keep it going Mm -hmm. so now you have to fight a machine to get it done like that's like one of the things like when they look at uh marriage licensing right and gay marriage and everybody was so happy that gay people could get married now again they violated states rights through the supreme court so i understand that argument i'm for it sure i'm okay with it absolutely um but if you look at how it started uh I think it was called anti-miscegenation laws. I don't know if that's, I don't know if I'm a thousand percent right on that, but ultimately it was to make sure that blacks, Indians, and Chinese don't screw white women. Okay. So what they did was they set up marriage licenses to make sure that you couldn't marry them, you know? And like they had the posters that says like, you know, your downstairs neighbor is going to, you know, data a black man or something like that. Right, and it yeah. was just the, the most racist shit ever. Sure. And that's how those licenses got created. And that's also why it took till 2015 to allow gay people to get married. Right. Yeah. Where it was none of their business to get involved in it in the first place. Sure. But I guarantee you there was, there's fiscal incentive to keep it going. Sure. Absolutely. And the problem is, is that it's just a bell curve, dude. Most people, the average of humanity is at their average. So on an intelligence scale, you know, the majority of people are just average. Or even like, not even the intelligence is informed. Like they're average in in being informed, you know? Like they're not really... um, Like we said earlier about the uh, the people having the podcast where they're smoking pot. You're not hearing about that at all. But those same people do watch like... 
Channel Six action news. You know what I mean? It's like when they're when they're just seeing just bleh, bleh, like nonsense. Right. You know who cares? Well, that's that's the beauty about the internet is that now you can start looking outside of it. And again, that was a coalition for medical marijuana. And actually, I saw Ken Woloski speak. Um, uh, it was at the Libertarian Party meeting. Okay. And that guy was just amazing. Like he, first of all, he was just a nice guy. He was well informed. And man, you know. I just looked at this guy and I was like, really? Like this guy's this guy's wrong. He just dropped straight up knowledge on everybody yep, like that. Yep. Uh I read the pamphlet and I did a podcast where we talk about the things he said. So if you want to know more about what he said, because I took down notes. Right. And then we talked about it. But uh it's it's ridiculous. Dude, it's just all right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. I I, and I, 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 think... I don't I don't even care that much for like weed. But to make it illegal is, is the worst part ever. And here, to a conservative, the drug wars have cost over a trillion dollars. And drug use is up. And prisons are, like, just, yeah. you know, bursting at the seams, you know. <laughs> the highest rate of incarceration is, like, dude, is the United imagine, States. Imagine just being, you know, I'm not questioning your toughness, or I'm not saying that I'm not tough enough, but if we went to prison... It's not going to be good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we don't know anybody. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter if you can beat up one guy at a time. There's a, groups of people there who are violent people. Yeah. They're there for violent reasons. So you're some dude who got caught selling maybe a pound of weed or whatever. Yeah. That's like, that's a felony, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And you're going to jail for a long time. Maybe not a long time, but enough to get your ass kicked. Yep. <laughs> you know? So you're in this violent, terrible environment. And you're surrounded by people who were convicted for rape, convicted for just beating the piss out of somebody, for pistol whipping a cashier, or whatever, you know. And like, why are you there? Why? Why are oh, you there? Oh yeah. Oh, and then <laughs> yeah. what's gonna happen to, uh, what's gonna happen to you when you go through that process? And you're gonna come out a worse person, you know. Yeah. Or maybe maybe you won't. It's not. Gonna, I'm not saying it's definitely gonna happen, but you're probably gonna come out fucked up. Maybe some post traumatic stress from just getting your ass kicked over and over again. Whatever. Um, or even if you don't get your ass kicked, you're you're living in a cell. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like you're that has to fuck with you. Yeah, that ab- like you're in a place where you can't leave. You cannot leave. Yeah. You can't see your family. You know, you're shitting next to people that you don't even know who the hell they are. You know, <laughs> all sh- because you just you had voluntary exchanges with other people for money. You know what I mean? It's not like you forced them to buy it from you. Right. You didn't put a gun to them and say buy my weed. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's, well, that just sounds retarded anyway. I mean, just if they were going to do that, put the gun and say, give me your money. But either way, it was they were voluntary exchanges. It was free association, and no one got hurt, and no one's died from it. Yep, yep. That's the craziest part. Not one death. And and this is just the reason I use this, like this, like the drug wars, marijuana, is not because like, hey, I'm some super hippy-dippy guy. It's because it's the point that's reflective of other aspects of government abuse. Sure. So it's, you can, A is B is C. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know? Um, I, I, I have, uh, when I would go to work, you would go to this room with a, like a computer room, kind of like a, you stay there, you wait till your supervisor comes up, and you're like, you're on the computer looking stuff up. You, you can look up the daily arrests. Right. Um, you can look up every report that was written that day on the system. Um, sure. But when I was up there, I would always get there like a, just naturally, just the kind of person I am. I would, I would get there like thirty minutes early. Just uh, I, this is a habit I have. But anyway, um, good habit. I would go on the um, the arrest. It would like there's this thing you click on like names and it 
shows every single arrest, and you can click on it, see the arresting officer. You can read the report that was attached to it, um, see the charge, obviously. And our narcotics division um, is basically, and maybe this is for like every city, but uh, it's one of those things where you have to prove your role is essential. And by doing that, you need to make arrests. Yeah. So the majority of the arrests that they were making were like weed. Uh. Like weed was found, like pulled over. For, like if you read the reports, like pulled over for, uh, you know, a taillight out. Subsequent, blah, 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 blah. You found, they found weed in the car. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and we'd also have on the um, day shift, there would be these extra cars that were out there that were unmarked. Mm-hmm. Like you had um, uniformed police officers inside of them. But um, they wouldn't take calls. They would just go out and look for stuff, you know. And if you looked at a lot of their arrests, it was the same thing. It was like mostly it was pot, mostly, you know, this and that. So, you know, um, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand. I never understood the guys that did it. Because if I hung out with them, had a beer with them, I'd have a great time. Right. Like they're not terrible, awful, terrible people. Like if I told right. them, hey, man, I'm moving. Can I get help? They'd be there in a heartbeat. Sure. But why do they compromise there, you know, where... They don't see that person as a person. Where well, that's that. It's like kind of like their religion. If they don't accept the tenets, they have to start poke. They poke holes in their own logic. Right. And that's that can be existentialism hurts. Existentialism can lead to nihilism. You know what I mean? It has that possible effect. Doesn't always, but it could. And like when you start poking holes in your own shit, like you know, that's what that's. That's what's gonna happen, and but honestly, they need to because I I want to know how much further it's gonna go before the blowback comes. Because I mean, eventually, it's gonna happen. And like, there's something I heard that I think rings true, and it's that the civil rights movement didn't start in the '60s. You know, the civil rights movement started the moment that first African got on a boat. Right. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So eventually there's going to be a blowback and I want to know how bad it's going to be because there's going to be some horrible unintended consequences to this. There already are. Yeah, we've already, already seen them. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't, I don't think it's going to get better. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. I think that I, I don't know, man. I mean, it's just like, uh, I can't imagine if we're getting on, like we're talking about black people right now, like black communities. For the most part, or Any, we just anybody, but yeah, that yeah we can yeah. But sure. like like just get a little bit into that. Like I don't I I remember one day I drove um, to my brother's house in South Philly, yeah. and to get to his house I went through a black area, right? And it was like it was like it kind of like hit me. I was like, "There's no white people here." <laughs> you know what I mean? Not mm-hmm. like I'm scared now. It was just really just the yeah. aesthetic of it was just like there's no white people here. None. And there used to be white people here, but now they're not. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's so strange to me, like how we have these communities of these people just like pocketed in. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not like we told them like, you move there and you can't leave. Like they can leave. They get, they hit economic prosperity, which probably isn't going to happen. But, um, wow, it's just very they? strange. And like, it's like, if you see like a lot of the crime, it's like in those areas, like it's any, like you heard like the white, uh, what do you call that? Um, retreat or flee when they, like a black person moves in and all the white people move. Yeah. Like, that's happened. I, I, I was in a neighborhood where that happened. Really? Like, black people started moving in, and the white people were like, all right, now this is the end. <laughs> like, let's get out of here. Let's get the fuck out of here. Uh, I've, yeah. never, I've never lived in, like, uh, a black neighborhood, but I have lived in white and Spanish neighborhoods. 
my neighborhood when I when I was a kid was mostly white, and then as it got when I got to be like eight or nine, black people started moving in. Yeah. And by the time I moved, it was like I think it was predominantly white, but it was like there's a lot of Spanish people, a lot of Chinese, a lot of like people who just weren't there. Right. When I was first uh, growing up, you know what I mean. But like, yeah, like I mean, like you kind of have like that stigma that like, oh no, it's gonna turn into the ghetto now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of like reaching out to him, like, hey man, like welcome to the neighborhood. You like, I think it we was can more definitely. Just, like, it was more just like fuck. You know, that's uh, we we talk, well, I talked about it. Uh, it's just kin selection. It's do you look genetically related to me? No. Okay. Well, it makes sense because it makes sense to at least, if not ignore you, or to be, or to just not trust you, or to be violent towards you. Because if nine times out of ten I am a good person and it works out, if the tenth person, if the tenth time it happened and that person hurt me, or you know, it all comes from like genetic relatedness so it's like do you look like me can you give me diseases from where you come from mm. and because you don't look like me i know you've never helped me so we're not splitting that antelope you know it comes from that where it's like you don't look like me so i have my reservations and it's just you have to you have to work around that because it i don't think it benefits to to be racist dude I don't. I don't think that there's a, a benefit anymore from from being racist. Yeah, I mean, like, like I like I was saying about like the way I grew up was um, I would uh, I had bad experiences with black people when I was a kid. Like yeah. it was like all of a sudden you're playing basketball and like we had um, we had our like uh, I was in a working class area, but it was like a tough working class area where you right. just fought. Like people fought a lot. Yeah. You grew up a certain way. Um, but I felt like a lot of like not all of them, but like some of the black kids that come in, they were just looking for something. It wasn't like yeah. that normal yeah. violence that we did to each other. It was something else. It was something. Well, and like yeah. I remember as a little kid seeing that, I was like, they must be bad. They they must be bad people. Right. But as I got older, you know, I've had friends of all kinds of different colors, smells, whatever, yeah. and you, you're like, you just you know in your heart, it's not them. It's not like they're right. all just they were. They just came out of the ground with sharp teeth and claws, and they're, right. like, they're gonna get me. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But there's, um, there's but, a but stigma. It, but sometimes for a guy like me, and maybe not, maybe a kid who grew up in the suburbs doesn't feel this way because he doesn't have my experiences. But it took me a while before I was able to get to that, and I, I got that. I got to that point before I was a cop, so I never had any. I never had anything like when I pull a black over, like oh he's gonna take it. You know what I mean? I never, right. I never had that in my mind whatsoever. Yeah. But um. But coming up with that, I feel like I have so many experiences that other people don't have where I had to work to get that, to shake that shit off of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, you know, it's not... Because my, my sister um, yeah. is dating a black guy. Right. He's the coolest guy ever. He's right. awesome. He's an awesome guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how... Like, I, I, thought, I think to myself, the first time I met him, I was thinking to myself, what if I was, like, a guy who was just, like... Just, like, he went to shake my hand and I just turned. Yeah. Or, like, oh, something man. like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, imagine that. Like, that... I, that like when he said about how like it makes no sense to be racist like that's i'm so there with you <laughs> like he's like because yeah. i have i have my episodes where i'm like you know i'll get if i see like um say if a woman cuts me off i'm like that bitch like yeah. you know in my mind i just see something i see her physical features and i'm like i attack that it's not because of that her being a woman her. is why i just got cut off yeah it's just you see somebody and you just bleh. And like that's that's not like in my heart. That's just kind of like this shit that's floating around in my brain. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's it's like you know, and everybody does bad things, and those are like some of my hiccups at times. But yeah, so 
That's happened, man. You know, but but here we are talking about libertarianism and like all these beautiful things, and I think that you can't be somebody who's like, oh, black guy, oh, nigger, oh, speck, oh, a chink, oh, go-. like yeah. you can't be like that, man. Nah, fucking Jew. You know, <laughs> those people are so miserable too, man. It's like they're they're so angry. They're just they when you talk to them. They have to reserve so much energy and time into hating a, a, a group, which makes no sense because you're judging a collective. Sure. You know what I mean? And, and, and race, not even a culture, because, you know, cultures are different and some have better philosophies and ideologies and some are just better. Some cultures are better than others. I prefer Western philosophy to a lot of other stuff. I think that the American model is a good one. Life, liberty, property. You know, John Locke. Love that shit. Right. Cultures that don't practice that suffer. You know what I mean? There are cultures that are better, but to say that a race is... Like inherently... Yeah. yeah. Inherently evil. <laughs> or bad. Well, not evil, but bad. Inferior. <laughs> yeah. Inferior like, is a good word. Dude, you, you can't say that. And Absolutely. And America yep. should be the place that disproves it because in this, all the races, you know, not... Not every race has been treated equally. Obviously, you know that goes without saying. But everybody, everybody, you know, there are people who are black that have prospered. There are people that are Indian, Asian, you know, that are of Spanish descent that have prospered. Sure. That it doesn't matter. You can see. So it's like, obviously, the race didn't matter, did it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a culture. It's always the goddamn culture. And if you live in a poor neighborhood where they have a propensity to violence, and what do you think is going to happen? And that's, that's like a bash on me real quick. Is um, I had the same experiences with white people that I had with the bad, like the bad experiences, like getting beat yeah. up or jumped or whatever. Yeah. Why didn't I, why didn't I was like, I can't trust white people. You know, but like when a black person did it, it was like black people. Right. It wasn't like when a white person did it, it was like, oh, it's that stupid family or it's that group of kids. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's weird how your brain rationalizes things. Yeah, dude. It's but you know what? It's I that's been ingrained into people. Uh, and so everybody has milliseconds where they judge people based on the color. What that's what they found when they did like MRI studies, like people showed fear or anger. Mm. You know, some people that hadn't seen other races so like 100 or 200 milliseconds is that that initial like whoa what's yeah, that? Yeah, 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 right. and yep. then because that's ingrained in you from not knowing who the fuck this person is like you're not in my tribe right yeah you know and s- sticking with your tribe keeps you alive mm-hmm. so that's just evolution you know what i mean but they found too that once that people that associated themselves with different races different you know cultures that they lost that. So you're able to undo it. Like you're as colorblind as you possibly could be. Yeah, I don't believe I mean, in colorblind. I don't, I don't believe, yeah. But that, you know what I mean though? Like you're not like, um, yeah. like that shock, that millisecond shock is gone. It's like, you know, yeah, you've, yeah, you've you hammered can, it away from yourself. Right. Yeah. If not, you've reduced the time to where you're like, whoa. Definitely. You know? But that's what happens. But if you get raised in an environment where the opposite is reinforced, well, what do you think is going to happen? Mm-hmm. And you that's, know? um, that's a thing that my, uh, cops in and I've heard this from cops like who were uh, in the cities in like let's say the 50s the 60s yeah uh, maybe like baby boomer types or whatever yeah um, even before the baby boomer like say like the guys who got out of World War II came back and were cops now 
Right. Um, they grew up in like white neighborhoods, you know, that weren't, they didn't have money, but they were like, you know, just clean areas, whatever, safe areas. Sure. Then they started patrolling the urban areas and they were saying that like, it was like dirty. There was like, you would go into a house and there was like shit in the toilet or something like that. You know what I mean? And they were yeah. like, that was like, whoa, these people are, yeah, they're, 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 they're bad. Like, you know, yeah. so like that was like where you got a lot of um, police racism from, uh, and very like you know right, right around that time. So that's been like inherited through sons and sons and sons for years and years and years. Now, like I, I wondered, like if you can go back to that time, why couldn't they recognize like because they were in the military? Like you knew black guys were in the military. They got treated like shit. They like yeah. gave them a bucket of potatoes and said peel, bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. like how how didn't you recognize it back then? This is fucked up. And like and when you go uh, into those areas that are fucked up, you're like, man, we should help these people out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's it's definitely... like they've had the bottom of the barrel for so long. Like, how do you expect them to live? You know what I mean? Like, especially the or like these um, desperate urban people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, like that's definitely that's definitely been an issue. But the moral zeitgeist evolves. You know, the spirit of the times, the moral spirit of the times, is slowly evolving. And I've talked about this before, but Steven Pinker wrote a 700 page book, and the only two things, you know, the two constants was. We always think it's getting worse, and it's constantly getting yeah, better. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I do want economic prosperity for them, but they're not going to achieve it for anybody, dude. I don't, I don't give a shit. I don't judge on race. You know what I mean? I sure. judge by, like, how the fuck you think. Character. Trust you. Tru- yeah. There's white people that I can't stand. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you know, the alt-right, can't stand them. Social justice warriors, can't stand them. You know what I mean? And I don't, I don't think... Some of them have bad intentions, but I just can't stand them because they're just shitty people that are using a movement to be shitty. But it's, it's kind of funny to go back to that guy that was saying about the where things are getting worse, but it's actually getting better. Is um, it's almost like <laughs> whoever runs the media read that book and was like, must go against this, and like just mm-hmm. keep showing us these images of violence and violence and violence. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because like these people... crazy things. Like so, you'll have an incident where. I don't know, like something bad happens with a violent incident and you're just like, that must be everywhere. This must be like, you know, I'm going to get killed if I walk outside. Well, that's, you know that's kept us alive because, look, uh, Michael Shermer does this beautifully and then this makes sense and that's why we watch the horrible stuff. He goes, "There's two, you're on the plains of Africa, right? And all of a sudden you hear a rustling in the bushes, right? You can make a type one pattern that falsely uh, assumes that, that there's something there and run so a false positive oh shit that's a cheetah run but you can make the a false uh negative and assume there's nothing there and you just stay and observe it you know let me let me figure this out i'm not gonna rush to conclusion nine times out of ten it works the one time it doesn't you die and you don't get to pass on your genes so we've selected we've as humans we've selected ourselves to be that kind that makes we're pattern seeking primates that's kept us alive so even though that's we don't know why. even though we don't know that that like our great 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 whatever was running away yeah that that's still in us today like we don't know why it's there but that's fight or flight right man. right yeah you know and that's that's why because rumors and gossip and violence and and making associations help to survive when it got shitty now we have to work around this problem right you know what I mean? I think we'll do it. Uh, I just think, like, right now, it's it's at a very awkward time. See, I would like to do... But like, that's because it's getting better that we're actually having this discussion. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You know what I mean? 
definitely. Like, that's why we don't have communists being rounded up or, <laughs> like, any, like, blacklists and stuff like that. Um, like, the one thing that I would like to do is to make, like, almost like a map of, um, like, a ladder. Like, each rung is something to achieve. Because, like I said before in the early part of the podcast, I said that sometimes I would be overwhelmed. Like, I got to change the country. I got to change this. Yeah. Do you ever hear the story of the Israelites going into the wilderness? No. Like, le- leaving Egypt and going to the Promised Land? No. Um, which is called Canaan. But um, I don't know if this is what the Bible actually says, but I think it does, and this is how I was taught, is that uh, if you look at a map of the Middle East at that time, and let's just pretend this story happened. Um, the Israelites left Egypt, and if you just skirted, like, the... I don't know what part it would be. Like, there was a real short way to Canaan. Right. But instead, they went this, like, goofy, crazy way around it. Right. And the explanation was that, like, God wanted to test them, have, like, those tests before they got to Canaan. Yeah. But also that Canaan was so powerful, and they were just, like, wandering, like, freed slaves, that they just would have got wiped out. So instead, they went around. They sort of like, this is so fucked up about the Old Testament. But they would go to these smaller cities and fuck them up. Oh my so it, god! So it gave them like it gave them like uh, um, they got more trained. They they saw more mil. They saw more combat. So they got they became better soldiers. I'm using that analogy because that's what I feel like I should be doing instead of going right to Canaan, which is like that. Take on America. Let's bring it. Like instead. Yeah. I'm going to make a group that we're going to meet every week and just talk and more members can come. The next one, maybe uh, take a trip to D.C. and like maybe get like see what the protests are doing. You know, like little stuff like that that eventually leads me to Canaan. Yeah. And it could be, I might never see Canaan in my lifetime. It might be like eight life, eight generations from now I'll eventually get there. Yeah. But that's what I would like to do is something like that where I'm just, but I need to do something. I can't just sit in the wilderness and die. I need to like keep doing something and doing anything, even this. Well, you already is, did. You sure. already did. Like, by leaving that, you did something. And then by fighting local government, you start there, and then you can work your way up. And, of course, you can address both. But, really, if you want to make start seeing changes, it's your local government. Sure, man. And it's also people. Like, you got to get people involved and get people informed, not converted, <laughs> you know? Like, don't be like... You need uh, yeah, to I don't them. like saying converted, you know? Yeah, like, I mean? you, like, like you, need to, you need to wake... Like, people, people say, wake up. Like, dude, you need to let... Unfortunately, some people need to like just find out gradually instead of hitting over the head with a with a sledgehammer because people don't react positively to that. You know, they don't. Because like to break bread. Because you them. could like legit say like, dude, your water's poison in your apartment, or like if you were like, get out of there. I'd be like, this guy's crazy, <laughs> and I would drink it and die. Yeah. Instead, if you were like, dude, I heard some. Maybe I'd listen to you if you came at me more of like a calm, yeah, net, like normal kind of a way. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how I feel like a lot of people who. Uh, it's like vegans. Like whenever you like have like a new thing, you're like everybody else needs to be this right now. Even though like yesterday you were just eating pork chops all day. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's the worst way because <laughs> then it yeah it's proselytizing, mm-hmm. but in the worst way possible. And it and it's by humiliation, by degrading other people, and not letting them distance themselves from their own position. Sure. And they will reject you purely out of hatred, you know, out of animosity because you. People aren't reasoned into their positions. So it's going to take a long time to break bread and introduce new arguments and then slowly let them see the logic and the reason and the data and all this stuff. But being a dick to someone, that's not, that's not going to work. I mean, there's instances where I'm just like, okay. And the conversation. Don't right. like, yeah, don't keep talking to the person. Like, that's what I did. Um, There's, I would say about like, when I got out of the Marine Corps in 2010, I was... um. 
back then, if you asked me who I was voting for, I'd probably vote for the Republican, that type of thing. Right. Um, I don't think I really got introduced to libertarianism yet. Um, but uh, uh, what are you going to say? I would go on different websites or Facebook pages, like being liberal, being conservative, uh, any kind of like alt type of political organization. Right. And I would go on there and ask questions. And people would be like, you're trolling. And they would, I, being liberal to this day, I blocked. I can't get on there. Yeah. I didn't say anything like, you guys are idiots. I legit went up there. I don't know what the topic was, but I was like, uh, well, have it like this point of view. It was very like, yeah, I'm like, in your house. I know I'm in your house, even though it's, that's a stupid way to look at it too. But at the time I was like, sure. I don't want to get blocked. I don't want to get people riled up. I just want to ask questions. And dude, it was like just troller, troller. He's like, well, what? <laughs> Groups think motherfuckers. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, it's the same thing. They're, they're just as tribal and they're just as emotional. But what, what, here's what, they study this too. Conservatives can at least answer the question more than likely on how do you think a liberal would think about this? Where, because we live in a very left-leaning, the narrative's very left-leaning right now. You know what I mean? Sure, like, like even like in entertainment and stuff. Sure, yeah. It's like Hollywood is all Democrats. That's you know? like I heard a lot of stand-up comedians say, like Lenny Bruce's day, it was the uh, conservatives who were like going after him. And today it's actually liberals are going after like unpopular speech and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Like Artie Lang said that. Like he's like, it's the left is really coming after me. Yeah, I went to go see Can We Take a Joke? And uh, that's what... That's what was addressed there, too. Like, uh, Greg Lukianoff, the director of FIRE, who was an executive producer on this, helped with this, you know. Them and Reason TV really just killed it. Nice. Um, but he was like, it is now the left that is eating, you know, the free speech. Yeah, man. You know, college campuses. I mean, but that's again, but that's an echo chamber. And that's like what, I mean? like what I was just telling you about the fact that what I, where I grew up with, my my conflict with black people when I was first, uh, when I was like a kid telling somebody that they're like, Oh, you're racist. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. instead of being like, let's hear how he grew and like how, what eventually yeah. I am now. Um, because you know, those experiences matter to me. They just, they don't define me. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's just something. If you're not allowed to grow, that's ridiculous. But see like, how oh, I had a conflict with it. I, I had right. to be like, these people are doing bad things to me. I mean, this wasn't, I was thinking about this when I was eight, but like I was thinking about it when I was a teenager about how like, but it's not everybody. You know what I mean? It took me a long time and yeah. people should be granted that time. You know what I mean? Like in the meantime, I wasn't hurting anybody. Right. I just had thoughts in my head that probably weren't the best that weren't the best. And if they would have just been aggressive towards you, it probably would have pushed you further towards that. Cause right. you're like, like, wow, they're so aggressive. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like these social justice people and the, and the just people who want you to change now, they need to understand like people need time to come out of things. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like not everybody's background's the same. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no, if, they don't get that. Like if you went up to like the, a gangbanger and you're like, dude, if you just get a job, you're not going to worry about getting shot. You're not going to like hurt anybody. Yeah. He's not going to be like, well, hey, you convinced me. <laughs> you know? oh, good <laughs> fucking get, argument. Let me get man. my briefcase and my raincoat and I'll go to work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? But <sighs> look, man, I, I think that that has to work too, is that people have to push to change the narrative. Hence, Saints and Sinners podcast, stuff like that is to try to get a different narrative that's not being you know something that's not being talked about but needs to desperately be talked about sure yeah definitely. living in an authoritarian state mm -hmm. you know in a police state 
you know, where we're promoting taking away more rights, where people are pissed, where we're so divided, we need new answers. Or people just don't care. That's the scariest thing, when people just don't give a fuck. I know some of those people, and it's because they cared so much, and they just weren't hurt out that they stopped, and that's what happens when you don't hear people out. You killed their drive. They're right. like, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas, I, I, but someone's got to do it, and you got to keep driving, driving that point home. Like, hey, how about this? Yeah. Let's add perspective. You know, you've had, uh, we've had this narrative for this long. How's this working out? Not so good, is it? Okay, let's try, let's try something else. You know, and then make the argument. Then okay, I will. But I think that. You have to be able to talk about it, and you have to be able to talk about it in a way that doesn't put people off. Right, and I guess that's the one thing that I'm seeing with a lot of um, alt, uh, like let's say young, young ugh, sorry, the Young Turks or Alex Jones or um, I don't know, like Rachel Maddow, like those type of things. Like don't obviously three words. different types of people, but uh, the bait or the the Daily Show too. The basis of the show is to attack a different political thought process. Yep. Who give? Why does that? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like we're not on here to be like, let's just hate the fuck out of conservatives. Let's just hate liberals. You know, like yeah. we're talking about being real people and real issues and real things that affect us every day. Like, I really don't give a f- two fucks if the rest of this building is like hardcore Christian, hardcore conservative. That's their prerogative. I don't give a fuck. You know? Yeah. As long as they don't give a fuck about what I'm doing, I don't care about what they're doing. Um, that's like when I turn on the news, it's just like, conservatives are at it again. <laughs> like, liberals are at it again. Like, who gives yeah. a shit? It's really like, it's like watching reality TV. It's like the Jersey, sh- you're getting your news from the Jersey Shore. Right? That's what I think it, it is. is it's, you know? it's such a <laughs> fucking, uh, it's, um, what is it? It's like Kabuki Theater, man. No, it's, it- it's so fucking ridiculous and it's so obvious but when you're in that camp you're like oh of course this makes sense and that all like goes back to what i was saying about the the facebook pages that are so militant not militant that's a bad word uh the just very this is how we believe you know dogmatic like like i've heard chank what's his name chank Chank uger like he always i've heard him say republic like all the time like oh these republicans you know like like dude, you really can't see that there's like a 360 of assholes out there. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. And and they actually John Stewart said this and this is why Rachel Maddow out of that 3 that you listed is my favorite because I saw John Stewart talk to Rachel Maddow and he kind of like went on there to say like, "Hey, you know how Chill like, the fuck out or You know how when you talk about Republicans like that, uh, you know, is that is that really you being objective and fair?" And while you still have these views, uh, is that fair? And it was forty-five minutes, dude, or something like that. It was really? a, it was really long. I can't. I forget I've seen the time. him do that on CNN, a show called Crossfire, but I never saw him do it. He did Meg. that, but he did it with Rachel. And, really? And he did it in a way that was like, "Look, dude, you've been fucking up." And she sat there, and her body language was accepting that she, she was crouched. She was her arms in front of her like this, and she was crouched. Getting known their own show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she she knew, and she she took it. You know, uh, so she took it the best out of anyone I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And so she kind of like there was humility there. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I I can't say I watch her every day or anything like that. No. But like just the I, I, YouTube clips that I see. Which I see a lot of those um, on her is yeah. like it, like it's always just like Republicans there. I don't you know, but hey man, I hope I'm wrong. No, I mean no, she's definitely biased. There's no right, doubt yeah. about that. 
Um, but I, I think as a person, she's probably a lovely person. Um, but Alex Jones on that scale is insane. That's why he's second on that list because when you're insane, um, I don't really grant you intention so much. I right, like yeah. It's, it's almost not your fault, sweetie. Well, that's you what... Um, he was on Howard Stern once, and uh, Howard was just like... Like, you know, you're you're an entertainer, right? Like, that's what you... Yeah. And, like, Alex was like, no, man, I'm, I'm, I'm giving information. I was like, no, but, like, he's like, I... I I uh, exaggerate things and I do things that are, aren't me to get ratings. You know what I mean? Like if you talk, he's like, Howard's like, if you talk to me outside, you're probably going to fall asleep. <laughs> like I'm a very boring person, but like, this is my character that I put on when I'm on the show. And he's like, come on, it's, that's what you're doing. Right. He's like, Oh, like, you know, yeah. like Howard was just like, dude, I see right through you. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Well, either he's doing it intentionally for ratings or, or he's just insane. He's, he's insane. <laughs> but Jenk Uger is one of the most disingenuous fucking cunts I've ever seen in my life. I saw him debate where he just muds like it was just mudslinging. It was like, you're a racist. Right. Yeah. He's a That's racist. actually a pretty good, uh, his yeah. voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, who does it really good. Steven Crowder, this guy, Steven Crowder, he does a really good Jenk Uger. But after that, I won't, there's people that have worked on a show. Like Dave Rubin is a guy, a, gay, a guy was a gay liberal working on on the Young Turks that left for for reasons because like Jenk was so disingenuous really to people that disagreed with him to where he would just mudsling instead of argue on on the merits you know on on the actual points that are, that that should be made and so he would just be like you're a racist you're a sexist you're a bigot you're a criminal like and and that's not how you win. That's an Alinsky tactic, and right, you yeah. just a character assassinate someone where there's smoke, there's fire. But it's not an argument. You know what I mean? That's kind of what I feel like with, like, kind of what I was saying about the police thing about how you go into the job to get the job and then to pay for your like pay for expenses and pay for your family. So you kind of got to like push away those principles just to keep the job. Yeah. A lot of these guys, I'm sure, if we talked to Chank when he was 23, he'd probably be like. Not like this, agreeing with everything that I'm saying or you're saying, but um, you'd be a, he'd probably be talking to a different guy. But yeah. now that he's got like fame and he's probably probably rubbing shoulders with some maybe like he's, top he's, leftist type people, grown. so maybe he's compromising his values too. You know. Mm, but here's the thing: I don't think. Or you think he's? I think the way that he thinks is flawed, because even if you were, I mean, Alinsky tactics work, you know, because they just muddy up the person. So you right. It, but again. That's because you assume that you're making an argument from authority mm -hmm. where the argument has legs on its own. Okay, so he's a piece of shit. How's he wrong? Right. So if you understand that, you should be able to debate better. And I feel like a guy with that many views, with a growing, um, a guy who's, who's with a growing, uh, I don't know what to call it. I don't want to call it news, but let's call it news. A guy with a growing news network. And that this is the way that you argue then I think that he's just dumb right. or disingenuous. So either like he's really, like really disingenuous and really a sack of shit. Well, he's a sack of shit no matter what. But either he really thinks that way and he's fucking retarded or he's right. disingenuous in hell and that just makes him even worse. Right. Because if you're too stupid, I at least grant you like a pass for being fucking retarded. But I fucking hate that guy <laughs> so much. He's, he's out of all of them. He's one of the ones I hate the most. Go, man. I mean, I, it's like I, I, I feel that way about him. I, I, you know what I try to do, dude, like a, with a lot of stuff, is I try to avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> like just to 
just so I don't get pissed off, you know? Yeah, but you have to... I, I hear them out to hear... Well, not them anymore, because now I don't... I'm not going to listen to you anymore. Right, yeah, sure. But I will listen to similar arguments made by smarter people who are more, you know... Hey, like, I will listen to someone who's more left of him that can articulate a point or at least try to argue on reason. Good luck, hard to find, but... I'll listen to it. I sure. don't care who's making the art because I want to know. Yep. Yeah, I never want to get to the point where it's like church. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, like you want your you want your uh, opinion attacked, not attacked, but like you know, yeah. like you want different I, conflicting thoughts to be yeah. present and like you know, you actually let them in. You know what I'm saying? That's what John Stuart Mill argued. Like as soon as you, as soon as you tell people that they can't say something, or as soon as you silence something, or as soon as that goes away, and people don't have to argue it they don't have to explain it they don't have to think about the countering argument Mm -hmm. and that means they don't understand it that means it's just a prayer like repeat after me sure you know i am a a democrat there's um this quote i'm not gonna do the quotes i don't know exactly what it says but it's emerson and he says don't be afraid to make a statement and change your mind later yeah like that's growth like you don't have to make a statement disagree with it but stick to it because you don't want people thinking you're a a phony or something like that yeah because i had this friend before who uh uh the more books that i read the more i change my mind on things maybe not like in a like tomorrow you're not going to see me with like an islam outfit and the next day you're going to see me like in a right. like catholic at whatever but you know um I, i'm constantly little things in my head i'm constantly changing my mind i'm like oh i see it differently now so i'm going to flip um and he kind of called me out not like in a negative way but just kind of like in a yeah i thought you said this that this thing it was kind of like a Really, dude? Like you said, that's the different thing last week, and I told him about that quote. Yeah. And I was like, like education doesn't stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't just stay this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the cookie crumbles different ways. You got to push things to different limits and get your knowledge from all different types of sources. Yeah. I mean, you can. Yeah, you can absolutely evolve. You can act. You, you can adapt to your understanding of a situation. That's what you should be doing. Sure, man. Politicians don't do that. And how's that going? Mm-hmm. You know. It's horrible. Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like we have like so many people you talk to every day. It's just like they have this set way of thinking, and it doesn't doesn't change at all. They, I think that one of the things that has to be because here's the problem: people aren't being taught like logic, reason, critical thinking. Teach that first. Sure. That has to be taught first before you say, "Well, just read Thomas Sowell's Basic Economics." Although I beg you, please <laughs> read Thomas Sowell's Basic Economics. Um. I encourage you to read John Stuart Mill's On Liberty, Richard Dawkins' Selfish Gene. You know, I, I, please read those. Those are fantastic books. But first, you should think about how to think critically, like logic, you know. And the Feynman quote I always use is, he said, science is bending over backwards to prove yourself wrong. Love that. That's logic. You know what I mean? Where you, okay, well, if I switched it, would it still hold true? If I sure. switched the variables, is it still work out? hmm something's fucky let me see like they don't do that right people just go to you know like bill burr i'm right.com you know like they just go to i'm right.com that's his website no 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 oh. but he, he has a oh that's his saying like his like for yeah. okay yeah that's what i say like for people who like are like that i'm like let's play a game you win <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. let's, let's play you win yeah but um i was uh that's there's pretty a guy, good there's a guy that i i think that you should maybe you already know who he is his name's paul joseph watson yeah uh he's a photographer and he's the guy who took that picture. He did, the, I think, a video of um, those uh, rangers getting drugged on the streets in Mogadishu. 
Oh, wow. He actually took the picture or whatever that was like, it's very famous. You see this naked guy getting drugged around by these people. But um, yeah. uh, I talk to him on Twitter a lot. And he's big into like the environment and um, like global warming and things like that. Right. And bef- like, I, I guess like around the people that I was around, it was always like global warming. Like not to get on this big global warming thing, but he was giving me books and he's like, dude, I'm not, I have no agenda. Like I, I have no reason to convince, right. like I have no money to make from this. Like these books I'm showing you aren't mine. Right. Um, he said that in a lot less words, but it was like, you know, I have nothing to gain from you deciding to think like me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. He was like, I just genuinely know it's true. Yeah, it is. And, it, but that's, that's the crazy thing is like, how, how, how do people disagree about that? You know well, what I mean? See, <laughs> here's where I, I can understand the Republicans where they understand that you can buy the, the answer that you want to hear. But the problem is, is that they've reached a consensus in the scientific community. And even if there's those people, the consensus, the overwhelming majority is that it's broken. The, the, our fiscal debt protection, uh, projection, excuse me, right, looks un, unbelievably similar to the climate change model. Really? Huh. So I will, I will give, I, and it's weird because depending on how you vote, I will put the, and I got this from Jonathan Haidt, you know, who's a psychologist, but I watched him do it. Right. And uh, he opens up with liberals about climate change and how it's really real and that's good and all that stuff. Well, I, I've switched it up, though. I, with the liberal, I'll, I'll put the debt projection first. Okay. And he'll be like, the science is bullshit. Da, 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 da. And then the, we don't know about this. And then I'll be like, there's the climate change model. Right. What's, what's wrong about this? And you're like, well, nothing, you know? And I was like, wait, wait, so why is this wrong? But this one's right. Just to trip them up real quick and be right. like, don't they look unfucking believably similar? Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, and uh, then if it's Republican, I'll be like, right, look at our versa. debt. Right. And then climate change. That's like the one kind of funny thing, like about what you just did there with that guy. The guy was still like, but, but, but. Um, I like about Joe Rogan's podcast is he says, one guy was like, um, He's like, I prepared very well for this debate today. Or I don't know who it was, but it was like, he said debate. And John's, Joe's like, no, dude, it's, this is a conversation. Like, we're not, yeah. I'm not this guy and you're not that guy. We're just here to learn. And uh, like, you know, Joe Rogan has his butt, but like, but it's more like, I don't understand that. Like, uh, what do you mean by that? Like kind of thing to mm-hmm. clarify. It's not like, it shouldn't be crossfire CNN where it's like, Obama sucks. No, he does Like, it's, it shouldn't be like that. And that's yeah. where like that guy, why couldn't he just been like, I don't agree with Diego in his mind. Right. But he's like, but I'm going to be polite. I'm going to just going to, you know, I'm going to hear what he says. And if anything, I'll, I'll take it for a grain of salt, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Um, I don't, I don't remember who it was. I didn't watch it. I don't, I don't like when that guy's probably fucking retarded. Is he the one that was saying like, if you don't drink water, you won't poop or pee or something like that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But there was this insane guy on there before that was saying all this stuff that just wasn't right it was just weird stuff and i think it was one of those days where joe was like wow i just effed up getting this guy on here (laughs) you know what i mean oh shit dude all right well you wanna yeah you got any got anything to say uh you know just um the one thing that i want to tell everybody is the one thing that i would uh suggest is just to get every book that you possibly can i'm in an apartment right now that has a lot of different kind of books, and I'm sure they are benefiting the reader greatly. And I think that uh, everybody out there should probably do the same thing. Buy some books that you know are going to be conflicting to your point of view, 
um, watch all kinds of podcasts. There's so much information out there. So I encourage you to just listen and learn. That's great, man. All right, dude. That's, all right, uh, I told great. you it was going to be good. So good there shit. you go. All right.